Well, this evening I wanted to spend a little time talking about the 414 window. And, and you might be wondering, what is the 414 window? And just to be clear, uh, well, I want to take a moment to consider a 2015 survey which was conducted by the National Association of Evangelicals. You know, according to their research, 97% of those who convert to the Christian faith do so before the age of 30. Before the age of 30. And with that, I just want to do a quick informal survey. How many of you came to Christ before the age of 30? Yeah, the majority here. How many here uh, came to Christ before uh, or after the age of 30? A couple of you guys. How many after the age of 40? Just, just, just one. 50? Do I? Do I <laughs> How old can we go? <laughs> Well, according to the research, uh, the same survey reveals that 97% of those who convert to the Christian faith do so before the age of 30. And, and what this means is that only 3%, or in our case, Lowell, um, <laughs> only 3% of born-again believers came to Christ after their 30th birthday. And while this is not to suggest that we should stop reaching out to those who are older than 30, I do believe that this data should help us to realize that our outreach efforts will produce more fruit as we focus on those who are younger and uh, oftentimes more teachable. Uh, the, the same surveys reveal this, that 63% of those who convert to the Christian faith do so between the ages of 4 through 14. So think about that for a moment. The, the, the largest percentage of, of people in this group 63% of those who convert to the Christian faith do so between the ages of 4 and 14, which is why we're calling this the 414 window. 63% of those who will come to the Christian faith, according to this survey, are going to do so within this age group. And it's for this reason that we ought to invest in our children's ministry, knowing that this is the best way to reach people for the kingdom of Christ. At the same time, we must also realize that the devil and his demons are doing their best to capture the mind of our kids so that they might embrace the bondage of unbelief. And it's sad to say that they seem to be winning this battle as more and more kids are being led down a path of depravity and depression. Knowing that the minds of our little kids, even you know the the, the kids even here in the auditorium tonight, you know, uh, are listening in. I just want to spare the gory details here, but let it suffice to say that it was actually back in 2021 when a declaration of mental health emergency for children was issued, and it was issued by the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, as well as the Children's Hospital Association. All three of these groups together signed on to this declaration of, of, a, of a mental health emergency for children. And the reason why is because of the alarming increase of the number of children with mental health concerns, as they put it. Uh, according to Mail Order Pharmacy Express Scripts, prescriptions for antidepressants for teenagers increased 38% from 2015 to 2019. And it was back in 2021 when two researchers from the Children's Health Defense, uh, they revealed this, that one in six young children had been diagnosed with a mental, behavioral, or developmental disorder prior to the pandemic. And what's even worse 
is that this number of disorders such as anxiety and depression in children and adolescents, it doubled during the pandemic. So it was already increasing before the pandemic and then it doubled from that during the pandemic. And now we're seeing an alarming trend in kids who are struggling with mental disorders like gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia and the list goes on and on. Now, in light of these facts, every parent will do well to realize that there are many different factors which can affect the mental health of our kids. Some researchers are quick to insist that too much screen time will have a negative effect on our kids, while others suggest that it might be more about the content on the screen than the screen time itself. And, and you know, there's debates about this, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not claiming to, to have a handle on, on all the issues here. But there are also included issues of distracted parents and kids who are being overly protected or under-disciplined. And, and it's not my intention to diagnose the mental health of our kids here tonight, but you know, the, the, I, I do think that the majority of parents here in America are failing to grasp the benefits of belonging to a fellowship of faith where kids can receive biblical instruction from believers who are called to children's ministry. And so as we just look past all the other factors that we really have no control over, at least here tonight... I would like to suggest that every parent here tonight ought to understand the, the mental health benefits of belonging to a Christian fellowship and, and plugging into Sunday school classes where kids can learn more and more about Jesus. Now, uh, I, I realize that the Bible doesn't present us with a specific plan for creating a children's program at church, and yet I do believe that the Lord Jesus does help us to understand the importance of children's ministry. And in order to make my case, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 18. It's here in the 18th chapter of Luke's gospel account. Here we find the Lord Jesus. He's taking the time to bless the children who were brought to him. And no doubt that Jesus had a busy schedule. And it was a busy schedule that his disciples were trying to protect. And yet here we find the Lord Jesus taking time to bless the children brought to him. And with this as the focus, look with me there at Luke chapter 18. I want to begin reading here at verse 15, because here Luke writes, They also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now, here in these verses, we find this, this group of parents. They're bringing their babies to Christ Jesus. They're bringing their kids before Christ Jesus. The reason why? Well, simply put, they wanted the Lord to invoke the blessings of God upon their children. As a matter of fact, it's in the parallel account that we find in Matthew chapter 19, there we learn that the little children were brought to him so that he might pray for them. These parents wanted Jesus to pray for their kids. And from their example, we can see here that it's every parent's responsibility to help their kids to connect with Christ Jesus. Now, this is not to suggest that you know, parents are responsible for the conversion of their kids. Parents, please trust me and I'll tell you that, that you cannot convert your children. That's between them and the, and the Lord. That's a personal decision that every person must make. And yet at the same time, I do encourage every parent to realize that you've been called to train up a child in the way that they should go and according to the instructions of God's word. 
and seeing how their decision to accept or reject Jesus is the very most important decision that they will ever make. Well, parents should be placing a greater emphasis on spiritual things than they do on, uh, I would say, education, entertainment, exercise, and the list could go on and on and on. Of all the things that kids ought to be, you know, trained in and versed in, you know, I think kids ought to be educated, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with healthy entertainment, and exercise is certainly something that is, that is good, and yet, above all the good things, parents, that you can offer your children, spiritual discipline and an, and an understanding of the scriptures focused on Jesus Christ is the most important thing that you can do for them. To train them up in biblical truth so that they have all the information that they need to make a decision for Jesus Christ at a young age. Now with this as the goal, I encourage those who are raising kids even right now to realize that it is your responsibility to parent your kids, to help your kids to develop the discipline that comes from engaging in daily prayer and devotion. And, you know, there's, there, there comes a point in time when kids, you know, they, they don't really want to pray anymore. They don't want to do their devotion anymore. They don't want to go, go to church anymore. And parent, it's your responsibility to encourage them to continue in these spiritual disciplines. As long as you have the power of the parent over your kids, you ought to be leading them in this direction. You know, I hear parents talking about, well, I'll just let them, you know, grow old or, you know, grow up, and one day they'll make a decision about what religion to, to be a part of. I think it's a huge mistake, as big of a, as a mistake as the parent who thinks that, you know, their parents will, uh, you know, the, the parent who thinks that their kid will choose their own gender one day. You know, it's like, you're going to wait until you're, kid gets to what four years old to decide what gender they are i mean right now they think they're a dinosaur well you know what do they know about genders uh you you know but but there's parents who are just kind of like i'll let my kid decide i'll I'll let my kid decide what god to worship i'll let my kid decide Uh, it just doesn't make any sense parents need to be parents and you know parents need to discipline and and help them to understand spiritual disciplines and understand the importance of plugging in and, and, you know, the, this certainly gets down to the issues of, like, you know, when sports and church begin to compete with one another or dance or, you know, whatever, whatever the extracurricular thing is. And I've seen a lot of parents, you know, uh, emphasize the sports or the dance or the, the extracurricular activity over church, you know, and then wonder why their kid uh, turns out to be a little heathen one day. You know, it's like, well... They're following your directions. You know, you, you put church at a lower level than, you know, the sports thing they wanted to do. And, well, guess what happens? You know, that when they go down that path, they start putting secular things above, above spiritual things and according to your guidance. And so that's why I always encourage parents, to, you know, to help their kids to see, that, you know, that the relationship with God has to be first. Our relationship with God has to be first and and. Part of that relationship with God uh, takes place within the context of the Christian community that we call the church, you know, which is why kids ought to be in church Sunday morning, you know, and, and not, you know, on some sports field or, or somewhere else. With all that, you know, parents, it's your responsibility to help your children to develop the disciplines of daily prayer and devotion, as well as seeing the value of being in church in, in a consistent way. And it's for this reason that I encourage you to become committed Christians who are leading by example in your own commitment to daily devotion and, and, you know, uh, Bible study and, you know, church attendance. 
At the same time, it's also important for us to understand the mistake uh, that was made by our Savior's disciples. You know, you've got the parents who are actively bringing their children to Jesus, and then the ministers who were, you know, serving under the leadership of Jesus, you know, shooing them away like, like this is a big problem or something. And with this as the focus, I want to take another look here at verse 15. Here in Luke 18, verse 15, we learn about the parents who brought infants to him so that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. In other words, when the disciples of Jesus saw the parents bringing their children to Jesus, those disciples, the ministers here, scolded those parents for wasting the time of our Messiah. Can you imagine? Don't waste Jesus' time with these little kids. What this means is that, is that the apostles of Christ, they didn't fully grasp the grace of God, which the Lord was happy to pour out on the children who were brought before him. Please trust me when I tell you that our Messiah was happy to minister to those kids. And one reason for why I say this is because, you know, the, the Lord Jesus loves everyone, of course. We know that the Lord Jesus loves everyone. But then, I, you know, we have to understand that, you know, when, when the Lord uh, Jesus came and presented himself to the world through the incarnation, he was a, a man who was ready to minister to everyone who came to him. And, and so the fact that the disciples here, the apostles, are quick to shoo uh, these parents away and, and, and act like, you know, bringing these babies to Jesus was some sort of hassle or uh, disruption of his day they were actually misrepresenting the ministry of our Messiah because Jesus came to save everyone. He has a desire to save everyone, including little kids. And so, you know, knowing that they were misrepresenting the ministry of our Messiah, we shouldn't be surprised to see the Lord correcting them uh, there in that moment. And to prove my point, let's take another look at our text. Look with me there again at Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 15. Here we learn that they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, as we take a closer look at these verses, we quickly see that the Lord Jesus, he was quick here to correct his disciples. The reason why is due to the fact that our savior is more willing to minister. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's more than willing to minister to the little children who are brought to him. The scriptures assure us that those who draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Is there an age where that's no longer true? It's like the Lord Jesus will draw near to everyone over the age of 21. No, of, of course, the Lord Jesus is ready to minister to every single person who comes to him. And, and, and so, uh, there should be no doubt that the Lord Jesus was happy to minister to these little kids. And so we shouldn't be surprised here that he was quick to correct the disciples who failed to see the value in spending time serving those little kids whose parents were seeking the blessings of our Savior on behalf of their babies. We should also notice what Christ Jesus said there in verse 16 because it's there where he declares, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. Of such is the kingdom of God. In other words, the Lord Jesus is not only ready to receive babies who are brought to him, but he's also reminding his disciples here that the kingdom of God is always ready to welcome every child who trusts in him. 
I love that. Of such is the kingdom of God. Of such, uh, who are the such? The little kids. Of such is the kingdom of God. And listen, not only is the Lord ready to receive every child into the kingdom of heaven, but he's, he, he also requires everyone to enter in with what? The faith of a child. Everyone who wants to enter into the kingdom of heaven must enter in with the faith of a child. Not the faith of a scholar. Not the faith of an, an adult. You know, not, not the faith of a theologian. We've been called to enter in with the faith of a child. In order to prove my point, I want to consider something that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. It's beginning in verse 1 where he says this, that he asked his disciples, of course, you have to understand that his disciples were actually arguing about which of them would be the greatest. And, uh, and so Jesus comes along and says, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus called a little, little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is truly amazing. Because here's these guys who have been walking with Jesus and following Jesus, and they've cast, they've cast demons out of people. You know, they've, you know, they were part of feeding the 5,000. And, and you know, no doubt that they were starting to think that they're really something in this ministry, that they're the ministers, the apostles, the apostles of Jesus Christ. And then, he, and then they start arguing about you know, which one of them would be the greatest, and Jesus takes a kid and says, yeah, here, here we go. You want to see the greatest in the kingdom? It's this little kid right here. It's amazing. What an amazing and humbling lesson. Jesus was helping his apostles to understand that those who want to enter the kingdom of heaven must first respond to the call of Christ Jesus with childlike faith. And as we consider the way that kids are quick to trust those who are speaking the truth, well, then we do well to trust Jesus with the same faith of a child. Now, this doesn't mean to I'm not suggesting here you know, that we have to all be, you know, immature and, and act like little kids and that sort of thing. But when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ, it should be a childlike faith. Now, can we build upon that? Can, can we have apologetic arguments in mind? Can we rationally think through all the deep things of the Christian faith? Well, of course, all that is a wonderful way for us to spend our time. But at the core of it, at the core of it, we have to have a childlike faith. At the same time, what this also means is that we as a church ought to be investing our time as well as our energy reaching those who still actually have the faith of a child. For us, adults, we're to have childlike faith. But for kids, they don't have to have childlike faith. Their faith is the faith of a child. And, and it's why we ought to spend so much time and energy reaching kids while they still have childlike faith. It's difficult for, for adults to have childlike faith. I don't believe anybody when they tell me anything. I got to see the facts. I got to see the evidence. I got I to gotta think it through. You know, I got I to gotta have adult faith, which is I'll believe it after, I, after you prove it to me. 
it's difficult for adults to have childlike faith. Now, the older and older you get, the easier it might be. You know, you, you start in diapers, you end in diapers. You know, you, you start with a childlike faith and you end with a childlike faith. And, you know, so, so maybe in those final years you start reverting back to that childlike faith. But for adults, it's difficult. It's difficult for us to have that sort of childlike faith. And, and with that being the case, it's no wonder why, you know, past 30, you know, very few people will come to, to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and seeing how 63% of those who come to Christ will do so between the ages of 4 and 14, how much of our time and energy, how much of our talent and treasure should we invest in our children's ministry here at Calvary South Austin? As we consider the way that our Savior spent time serving the babies that were brought to him, I have no doubt that the Lord also has a plan to raise up servants here in our church to serve in our children's ministry so that we can reach those who are still within this 4 through 14 window. With that, you know, I'd like to turn our attention now to a discussion that I'd like to have with the lead deacon of our children's ministry, David Cogburn. So if you would, let's welcome David up on the stage with me. As David's getting settled here, I just wanted to uh, point out that uh, this is the man who is, you know, serving as the lead deacon of our children's ministry, and and we go back, you know, quite some time. W- what year did you show up to Calvary Austin when I was the uh, college pastor there? It was uh, 1999 or 2000. It was like right then. Does he need to turn his mic on? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, so it, it was it was uh, right at 2000, early, maybe 1999. I gave my life to Christ in '96. Actually, it was uh, 98 or 99, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I remember, you know, with, with, all of the, uh, with all the Y2K business going on back then, um, remember the, all the embedded microchips were going to shut down and right around the year 2000, and, and we went ahead and partied like it was 1999, though. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were out on 6th Street... New Year's Eve, 1999, doing outreach to all the people who were down there, and I remember that. I remember that uh, hanging yeah. out with you down there yep. that night. Yep. It was pretty incredible. So, yeah, David and I have been serving together, uh, you know, in in different capacities, you know, since at least 99, and uh, and then in 2005, when Brenda and I came to uh, serve here at Calvary South Austin, David and Jennifer came also. Shortly thereafter, Jerry joined us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the children's ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, boy. We left them at home, some of them, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,. But yeah, we so we've been serving the Lord together for years and years and years, and yep. you know you're you're definitely one of my favorite people, and uh, and I appreciate uh, how how thick and luxurious that beard is coming in. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so let's get into this. Um, why are you passionate 
about children's ministry because I know you are and, and you've been serving in our children's ministry since 2005 in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think, um, you know, God's made a big difference in my life. And so, you know, my life was a mess before Christ and, uh, you know, still a mess, but it's, uh, you know, there's some order there. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very thankful for God reaching out to me. I'm very thankful for being witnessed to. I'm very thankful for coming to Christ and, uh, very thankful that God lives inside of me, and He wants to make me better. And so, I, I remember when I when I, <clears throat> when I when I first came life to Christ, I, I accepted Christ by faith, and I wanted a Bible, and I, I didn't have a Bible. And so I remember going into my uh, my parents' bookshelf, and I was looking, and I found a King James Bible, and I pulled it off and opened it up, and it was written to my uh, my grandma Carmelie. So, and she's not with us anymore, but uh, I she wasn't around, you know, she was living somewhere else. So she wasn't reading it. She wasn't reading it, and <laughs> it looked pristine, so I drew a line through her name on, on the presentation page, and I put, and now belongs to the, the born-again believer, you know, in Jesus Christ, David Cogburn. So, and I began to read that Bible. Hallelujah. Amen, and I, I read it from cover to cover. That's awesome. Yep. That's when you found out that you were a lewd fellow of the Baser sort? Uh, that went over my head, I don't know what that was, yeah. King James English, come on. <laughs> so, so your passion for children's ministry developed as you look back and see how you were reached, and how did that then translate to, I want to I help kids. I yeah, wanna... I remember when I was um, you know, growing up, uh, we grew up in, in, like an, in an Episcopal church, and they would, I usually was in the church with my parents, but when they would put me into... Sunday school, I don't ever remember having a teacher in there. They would just put us in a room. Lock the door. And lock the door, yeah. And I, I remember um, <laughs> one time I was in high school, and um, one of the teachers, a, a teacher came. It was actually just another one of the kids' parents. And they intended to teach us. And I was very excited because I wasn't sure really what was in the Bible. Because uh, when we went to church... There was no Bibles in the church. There was only, there was catechisms and there was hymnals. And so I was very interested in what is in that Bible. They read some from the pulpit, but it wasn't a whole lot. But I remember uh, she came in and she sat down and she said, we're going to have a Bible study. And I was like, I was, I was, I set up and I was like, wow, I was impressed. She opened it up and was, got quiet for a while and kind of turned back and forth took a deep breath, closed it, and said, we're not having a Bible study. And I was just, I was like, that confirms that there's nothing in there that matters. Wow. And so that is what I don't want kids to feel. And so I kind of, I revert back to that. I love sharing the Bible, you know, with, with, uh, with kids. So Incredible. You know, Pastor Chuck had the same heart. And, you know, I've heard tons of stories about Pastor Chuck and, Minister, you want to share this? Uh, you want to share some space here? Yeah. There you go, buddy. So uh, I, I've heard lots of stories about Pastor Chuck ministering to kids, and and uh, but then I saw it. You know, like when Pastor Chuck came out to Central Texas, we had love song, do the worship, and then Pastor Chuck spoke. And uh, but then afterwards, um, you know, at the end of the night after long day he had done a, a radio remote you know from the spot that we were at and uh just it's been a long day and, and pastor chuck was on up there in age at that even at that point in time um 
I think when he was born, he was already 45. But uh, <laughs> is that born again? Or is that, <laughs> who knows? I don't. I don't have a clue. But yeah. uh, but I remember him just spending time with every single family that stood in line to talk with him, mm. and the parent, the, the parents of children. I mean, he would he would sit down in a chair and get on their level and just have a big long conversation with the little kids that were there, and it was just. Watching it all was it was just uh, uh, impressive to me to see this guy just you know just caring so much not not only you know for the adults who wanted to talk with him about theology and things but just connecting with kids in the way that he did and you know that in one of the stories that I heard is you know he learned how to um, be a pastor and share the gospel by uh, ministering to kids so incredible example there in Pastor Chuck. When it comes to our church, you know, I'd like you to take a moment just to share some of the opportunities that there are to serve here, uh, and 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 then along with the question mark, you know, do people that join the children's ministry have to teach? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people here who would probably open up the Bible and go, "Nope, no Bible study yeah, today." Yeah, there, there, <laughs> there's uh, there's there's so many different ways to serve. In, in the children's ministry. And so, you know, I would say if, if you like kids, you know, and you're, you know, and, and you're, you ha- you're available, you know, please serve in the children's ministry. You don't really have to have, I mean, God has given us all, you know, uh, a set of, of, of gifts. And we really don't know what they are. I, I, even to this day, I'm like, I'm still struggling. You know, I think my gift is teaching, or I think my, I know my gift is helps. And you know, what else has God gifted me with? And do I really have the gift of teaching? And I, I kind of go back and forth. And some days, like, yeah, I, I taught pretty good. And some days, I'm like, I didn't teach too good, you know. But um, there's so many uh, serving opportunities. There's, uh, uh, there's lots of, um, uh, there's, in the children's ministry, there's the nursery. You know, there, there's, uh, there's uh, the preschool. And then there's the elementary. Now, I'm excluding the youth tonight just because, but, you know, certainly a part of that too. But just Sorry, to, sorry Ruben. Yeah, just the children's ministry, though. And uh, there's, you know, there's helpers and there's teachers. And, uh, you know, but, the, but then behind the scenes of that, there's people who are ordering and procuring, you know, crafts or uh, food or snacks for the kids. There's uh, schedulers who are, you know, administrative gifts, and they're, they're serving and, and creating schedules and they're dealing with all the drama of life and, and different things in our schedule of each individual and whether we have the kid this weekend or not this weekend. And so there's a lot going on. But, you know, also in, in the children's ministry, like, uh, I think certain, certain gifts are also uh, developed, like, you know, just like during worship. You know, I think over, over the years I've seen people, you know, just coming in and, and uh, kids wanting to play the guitar. So we'll have some, you know, some, maybe some guitar lessons on the side when we can just to get them in and, you know, whatever instrument it is. Right. But So there's that. But then also I, I love seeing the kids in there also serve in different ways because they're, they're developing uh, their, you know, we, we, have, we have worship, we have prayer, you know, in that classroom. And, and uh, so we have Bible teaching and, and kids are reading, but kids are also, you know, uh, learning to pray. And they're learning to, to worship. And so... You know, there's a lot, lot going That's on awesome. back in there. So, yeah. so if you have administrative gifts, yep. children's ministry, yep. if you know how to order th- things on Amazon, <laughs> children's ministry, you know, if you know how to 
manage a schedule, children's ministry. Lots of opportunities outside of teaching. Right, right. right. So if, if, you're, if you're concerned that joining children's ministry you know, is going to force you to start teaching in, in you know, three weeks, yeah, that, you know, that's just not the case. So one of the things that we have, we, there's a, um, like a disciple.com, there's a, a curriculum that we use. And the curriculum uh, really uh, you know, it has, a, has a, a crafted lesson. It has activities. It has uh, things you could print out so the kids could follow. So there's really a lot packed in there. There's so much packed in there that we're, we're not even able to, to go through it all. There's even missionary updates and missionary minutes, and, uh, and they, they track and they follow with the curriculum. And we've, we've tried to maintain that, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been difficult. But, but there's so much there that you can make a rich study. You can make it as rich as you have time. And, you know, and different people have, have been able to contribute by taking on different sections of it. So there's really a lot there. So, yeah. You know, I remember when I first started, I, I wasn't really sure how to put together a Bible study, especially for kids. But the curriculum really, it really walked me through it. You know, as I as I as I dove into it, and then, you know, it helped me as I was learning and growing and, and kind of seeing different aspects of the way to teach. Yeah, yeah. So it was very helpful. So you don't you don't have to really know a whole lot, you know. But the the curriculum then sets you up for success putting up putting together something that yep. uh, is going to be meaningful for the kids yep. and uh isn't going to tax your uh you know the, the depths of your theological understanding yep. or or lack thereof yep yep awesome so um so one important thing to talk about are commitments beyond the classroom like there's the time that you spend with the kids you know but what's the commitment beyond that time uh, well, I think, um, uh, you know, I think it's a multifaceted question because I think, uh, you know, certainly our, our walk with, with the Lord is, is, is super important. You know, if, if we neglect our walk, if we neglect our prayer time, you know, we're not going to be able to minister to the kids. You know, we're going to be struggling with that. But um, I think, you know, if we, you know, one of the requirements is uh, on Sunday, if you if you serve in a ministry, then the other ministry, whether you serve in second, then you need to attend first or vice versa, so that we're, you know, that we're still getting fed, so we're not just pouring out and, and kind of drying up in the corner and, and not in fellowship, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's one of the requirements in order to serve. You need to attend both services so that you're, 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 still, you're still getting fed. Yeah. And then um, also, uh, you know, we have... Um, you know, there's, a, there's, there's a people who oversee the nursery. Uh, you know, Kristen oversees the nursery. Tanya oversees the, the preschool. And I oversee the elementary. And so even, even within that, you know, we'd like for you guys to be a part of, like, the, there's like, a, uh, like a little fellowships, you know, that, and some discipleship that happens, you know. And, and so... After church, you guys have potlucks. Yeah. How, how often? Um, we have a, a, you know, for the children's ministry-wide... You know, we have one every quarter. We try to get everybody together just to feel like, because the nursery and the preschool and the elementary were kind of separate, but really we're together because it's all we're all in one body. Right. So it's good to bring everybody together and kind of get on the same page. And we're often dealing with similar similar issues that need to be worked through. Yeah, and and so yeah. So there's there's a quarterly potluck. There's what monthly fellowships with with each ministry. Yep, and uh, that yep. includes some discipleship. Yep, 
And then um, in the children's ministry, this isn't true of all ministries. Like if you serve in the media booth back there, you see all the people back there you know, doing work right now. And doing work, son, that's what Miguel's doing right there. So, uh, but, so like if you're sitting in here and serving, you know, like, like Lucky holding up the back wall right there. So excellent job. The, but, uh, but like if you're in the auditorium, you know, and right, serving, right, right. then we don't say, hey, you got to stick around for another service. Right. You can if you like. But, you're still getting fed, right? But you're, you're in here, you're, you're receiving, you know, the Bible studies and, and while you're serving. Uh, whereas if you're, if you're serving in an area that keeps you from being a part of the, of the Bible study, then we ask that you go to both services. And if you can't go to both services, one for the Bible study, one for serving, you know, if that's the case, then, uh, then we encourage you to show up for the Bible study and we'll find somebody else to serve in that position. You know, we just don't want people getting burnt out. We, we, don't, we, want, we, want, we want to make sure that our children's ministry servants are being fed so that then they can turn around and feed. If we're sending servants who are starving to feed our kids, like what are they going to feed? You know, how are they going to minister to the kids when they themselves, you know, haven't been ministered to? So that's why we place an emphasis on, hey, be here for the Bible study, and if you can hang out for another service, uh, then by all means, uh, you know, sign up for the, the children's ministry if that's, if that's what the Lord is leading you to do. You have something to add on to that? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, uh, also, um, you know, if you have children, you know, it, it, it adds a, an, an extra element. And uh, so, uh, but I just kind of wanted to walk through that dynamic. I yeah. know as we've had kids, I can remember we, you know, when, when uh, like when, when Jerry and, and Elliot were young, it was, it was, it was difficult to serve, you know, because they're little, and, uh, you know, they would have to, you have to, they have to attend to services or, you know, we have to have, you know, my, my wife would take them home or we could try and, and switch off. And so it, it was tough early on. And as they got older, at least the older kids, well, we kept having kids, so it kept adding to the dynamic. But, we've, we've noticed. Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> as, as they got older, they were able to stay for both services, so that really, the weight kind of came off, and we were able a little more free, and it was difficult for them. Yeah. And so that was kind of a new a new season of life. And so it's been difficult to have our kids come to both services, but it's something that we we pressed through because we knew that you know it, even we just pushing through the strain now is it's going to yield you know a harvest in the future in, sure. in their own <clears throat> lives you know in their own lives for sure and in our lives but. And so, so I recognize there's a sacrifice, and, and, and there's people in this audience that are making that sacrifice. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, um, anyway, so, but also, and then as time goes on, those kids get older, and they're able to serve. And so that takes on a whole different dynamic, and that, that's something that we've done, too, with our, you know, with our older kids. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a, a piece that we might could talk about for a minute, too. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking of the youth camp and how we have a service project uh, every morning with the youth at the youth camp. And, you know, here's, you know, families have invested money to send kids, yep. you know, to go be a part of this youth camp. Um, but, you know, at the outset, you know, uh, I and those that put it together at the beginning felt, 
you know, like it would be a good thing for our junior high and high school kids to understand the value of serving, of, yep. of going somewhere and making that place better than it was, you know, before we came. Yep. And and then walking away, you know, with that that sense of serving the Lord in a way that I really didn't want to. It was difficult. It was a sacrifice. Listen, if, if you're always serving the Lord in a way that you're very pleased about, you know, chances are you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know, serving the Lord, you know, is typically something that demands supernatural uh, uh, submission to the Lord. And it's something that uh, is probably going to press the flesh. VBS you know. is doing that right now. <laughs> well, it and, certainly is. And uh, a, a lot of folks. <laughs> so... And, and so with that, you know, I mean, raising kids to, to see the value of, you know, going to both services. Like I know, I know churches where they only have one service and because that's the way they want it. I want two services because I want the people serving in children's ministry to be able to come and get the Bible study too and not to go home and watch it online or, or to, you know, listen to a recording later because you're really missing out on the corporate worship. Yep. You're missing out on the corporate fellowship. You know, so, uh, you know, it is by design that we have two services and, you know, so that the people who are serving in children's ministry can come and get fed. And at the same time, you know, when it comes to the whole, well, what am I supposed to just bring my kids to two services? Well, they got to be somewhere. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be somewhere, right? And, and, you know, when, when I think about um, kids and movies that they will watch over and over and over and over and over again, yeah. they can't sit through two services? They can't sit through the same Bible study twice? You know, that's too much for the same kid who will go home and watch the movie that they just watched the day before? You know, it's just like, I just don't, you know, like, is it really a sacrifice? Don't these kids learn how to sit through a whole day of school? Right? I mean, you know, the, eventually they're going to have to learn how to sit through a, a whole day of school, you know, and so they can't sit through two services, really? Uh, you know, so I, I, I might sound like I'm lacking compassion, uh, and, and maybe you were hoping for a little more awe, you know, but, uh, but to me, I, I, you know, we can call it a sacrifice to have our kids sit through two services at church on a Sunday, but I just don't, you know, it might be a sacrifice for them at their age, and I get that. Yep. You know, but as the parent, you know, don't fall into that, but rather lead your children to recognize the value of being a part of the church, even for two services. Yeah. And, um, you know, as uh, as your kids get older, you know, like um, <clears throat> like, for instance, when, when kids can when they get, uh, you know, once they get out of the nur- out of the nursery and they, they start advancing, I know by the time they get to elementary, they've gone, I think, as, uh, as you know, they've they've there's a, a a classroom in between them that they've graduated to. So there's nursery, there's preschool, and there's elementary. Now that they've gone from the nursery into the elementary, they're able to serve in the nursery. And so, you know, and so they're able to serve in the nursery, and then they can serve in the elementary or, you know, attend That's, the elementary. And so, <clears throat> yep. so then that they're able to take up both services that way. And, uh, you know, that, that's been huge. And then once they, you know, graduate past that, they, they can serve in the preschool and um, I get a little confused on, on the, the things I'm supposed to know, but uh, we, I have uh, people who can help me with that. But, a, you got people. But the point, is, <laughs> the point is, as they get older, they become eligible. The light turns green for them to serve in some of the lower classes. And then that gives them the opportunity 
to start seeking how to serve. And, uh, you know, and, and all my kids have been doing that. All the older four have been doing that. And I think it's really good for them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a good thing. Listen, if, if the worst thing that happens to your kids on Sunday is they attend two services, that's a pretty good life. You know, if, if that's the worst thing that happens to them <laughs> over the course of a Sunday, you know, it's first world problems. But uh, so, so with that, um, how often uh, do servants in, of children's ministry serve? Not 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 counting this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> this week know, is uh, is rough. It, it it depends, but you know, I like to have uh, people serving every other Sunday, yeah. and uh, you know, and Wednesdays can be difficult. But um, you know, if uh, servants are willing, I love to have them serve you know, once or twice a month. Uh, it gets it's a little challenging depending on you know how many servants that you have at a time. Uh, but, um, you know, every other service or every other uh, Sunday, rather, is a good rhythm that, that we've kind of fell into as, as my, in my own family. And that's something that I've, I've passed on in the ministry, too. And so every other Sunday, you can expect to attend two services. Yeah. And what uh, about those who want to serve every week? It's, it's, it's totally fine. Yeah, they, they, they can. Uh, it's just, um, you know, we try to set a schedule that lasts three months. Yeah. So we try to do some forecasting depending on on availability, and you know we try to work through that. But you know, there's always always variation, and, yep. and depends on who's serving and so forth. So when, when I was doing uh, youth ministry at Calvary Austin, is I wanted to be in there every single Sunday. It's like I I couldn't, you know, and when I was on a vacation or and out of town. did we have two services back then? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah we had yeah. one to three services for a while. Wow. Yeah. That was insane. So uh, how old do you have to be? And you kind of address it already. You have yeah. kids serving, right? Yeah, so I think... Um, what's, the, what's the youngest you can be? Um, I, I, think, um, I think I'm pretty sure we'll have to check with my peeps. But when you get into elementary, you're basically like six years old. And then that turns the light green for you to serve in the, nur- in the, in the nursery. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't think the preschool... But then once they graduate from elementary, then the, you know they they get that green light yep. to serve in the preschool and the nursery. But then, but then after they've been in the youth for a year and they enter into their second year, then the light turns green for them to serve in the elementary as well if they if they want to come back. You right. Know? And I love I love to have the kids back. Yep. I love it when kids come back and serve. That's awesome. It's so cool. Very yep. cool. So uh, as we're wrapping this up, let's, let's uh, just kind of break down a few things. Um, we do have a six-month policy, of course. Yeah, there is a six-month policy. And so, you know, we, we like to see that you're attending, you know, th- this church, you know, not every single time, but we'd like to see that you're committed and that when, you know, when the doors are open, you know, you're coming, you're attending church, you know, you're, you're plugging in. And uh, this is where your heart is, you know. Um, we want your heart to be here, you know, if you want to be here, then we want you here, and we'd love to have you serve here. Yeah, yep. yeah so, and, I, you know, for people coming in, you know, that if they're coming from another Calvary chapel and they were serving at another Calvary, of course, we'd be happy to contact the, the other pastor and, and scrub that six months. But, uh, but someone that's coming from another church, you know, uh, might not fully grasp, you know, how, how we do things at Calvary Chapel and Calvary South Austin. I mean, there's differences in Calvary chapels even. 
But uh, six months gives people enough time to kind of see what the church is all about and yeah, we, what, where our focus is. Yeah, and we really need to see you know, where they're wearing their heart. Are we on the same page, yeah, in yeah. other words? Yep. Then there's an application and a background check you know, just to make sure that you know, the, the criminal record right, that you may right. or may not have you know, would be something that would uh, allow for serving around, uh, around children. Yeah, because you guys are going to be, you know, given a responsibility, you guys are going to be with the kids. And so, yeah, we do a background check, and it's basically we ask for your driver's license number, and we, we pull that. We just want to make sure that, you know, whoever's in the back with our kids, that we're, we feel safe with them yep. and that we know that, you know, they, they, you know, that they're safe, you, yep. know, you know. And that really is what it is for us. We, we, we just want to do our diligence to make sure that we're putting you know, yep. uh, servants back there who... And, but, and when we serve, we like to have two uh, servants uh, per class just for accountability and for, you know, to, just to have that witness back there. And it's both safe for, you know, uh, for the children, but it's also safety for, uh, you know, a safety for, for those serving, for the servants too. So we'd like to have two at a time. And usually it's, uh, you know... Just like the ark. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's a, there's like a I know seven of the clean. I get it, nerds. <laughs> so there's a you know there's a teacher and there's a helper, you know, generally in every class. And what I wanted to say, or, or, uh, just uh, as far as those who just want to help, you know, you really end up you, you're helping, but also uh, you know a lot of our helpers are they're, they're teachers too. I mean, just the way that they're interacting with the kids and. You know, they're helping the kids, they're loving on the kids, you know, they're teaching things too. So, yeah, you know, they, they still get to teach. Nice. Yeah. Let's say there's somebody here that uh, is interested but not ready to make any kind of commitment. Can they, can they come in and audit a class? And, and, you know, you know it, if you do, if you're going to be in the classroom with the kids, I'd like you to fill out a children's ministry application. And so you still need to be here six months to have that light turn green. And we're going to, you know, just, we just want to protect any, our kids, anybody that wants to be back there with our kids, we'd love to have them come back. We'd love to have you sit in. We just want to get a background check on y'all. Yep. 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 And if you're just looking for, um, I guess, uh, sophomoric humor, I can take care of that here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, that kind of sums it up. Is there anything that... that no, that, yeah. I, you know, if any of y'all are interested, y'all fill out an application. We love, you can just come and sit in. No obligation. You don't, you don't have to... You're not, you're not committed to serve, but uh, there's certainly not needs, but there's opportunities to serve. And there's, there's lots of opportunities to serve. Yeah, and, and that really is our heart for ministry is that we, we don't buy into the need-based or need-driven ministry. Uh, you know, because nowhere in the Bible does it spell out children's ministry or something that, that it even needs to happen. Um, you know, uh, but I do believe that God wants us to have a children's ministry here at Calvary South Austin. And as the opportunities are available, uh, I do believe that God is leading people to uh, plug in and, and accomplish those opportunities. And if, if you're someone that the Lord has been putting on, you know, maybe the Lord has been putting it on your heart to sign up and be a part of children's ministry in some capacity, I encourage you to step forward, you know, because there's lots of open opportunities right now to uh, to step into the ministry. Talk with David, yeah, uh, and even I, tonight. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, like uh, so, VBS is going on. There's a lot going on in VBS. But on Friday uh, at twelve o'clock, we're going to do some teardown, and uh, we're going to try to do as much as we can. And if there's some stuff left over, we might come Saturday morning. But if you guys are available, that doesn't require children's ministry application. 
because, you know, we're just all together. We're just all serving in the church. But we, we're going to take down everything that we see you know, and, and get us ready for Sunday. And so that's an opportunity, you know, on, on, on Friday, if you guys are available at 12 o'clock, uh, come on out. And then, uh, you know, and check with me. If there's anything left, we're going to come back on Saturday. But so I'm so, still so working what, that out. What's yeah. going on with Saturday? Well, Saturday, you know, we may not have the facility ready. I don't, I don't want to keep servants too long on Friday. They've been pouring out so much already. And uh, so I'm going to be uh, uh, concerned about them. So yeah. that's all. So I'm going to make a judgment call, you know, sometime on Friday afternoon. And we might call the quits and then we'll come back on Saturday. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, I, I was just uh, contacted by my peeps and uh, reminded that it's actually a year to serve from another church and six months for people from other calvaries. So the the policy oh. the policy that we have is a year. So they have to serve in another church and and have that uh, you know uh, documented from it, the from it, a pastor or somebody it, to call. Yeah, if someone comes from another calvary chapel. But they have to serve there for a year. No, no, no. No, it, you know, before someone from a calvary who moves here from another calvary can serve at 6 months and everybody else is a year. Yep. So, <laughs> well, it's a year for us and our ministry. It's 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 a it's a year for new people at the church. Oh, okay, okay. It's a year, so a year of attending before they can step in and serve. Well, we've been doing six months for a while, so busted. Yep. So wow. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. We'll we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm reading updates on the fly here, like, all right, we did it wrong here. Been doing it wrong for a while, too, probably. <laughs> we'll get back to you on it. How about that? Yeah. At least there's some limit, right? <laughs> all right. Well, so anyway, if you have questions about serving and you want to know about plugging in, regardless of the time frames here, uh, talk to David after, uh, after church tonight, and, and uh, that way you guys can start working on getting plugged in. Pray for the people serving at VBS because, oh man, a lot of work. As you can see, this, this room looks out of, out of this world. And uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, so keep, keep it in prayer. I, I know that there's going to be some, uh, uh, some work done on Friday, possibly on Saturday. Contact the church. Jeremy will uh, correct, uh, correct us on anything that we're wrong about. So, all right. So there is about... Uh, That's uh that is that is charismaniac tongues right there. <laughs> Just blitter, 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 until until it starts making sense. All right. Felicity, do you wanna do you wanna wrap you wanna wrap us up with some prayer? Okay. <laughs> All right, David, why don't you pray? Yeah. Uh,